Hey out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to episode number 153 of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. The Wolf. And I will be joined, as always, by my co-host and partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson, from the East Coast of the United States. And we appreciate you tuning in to last week's show on Thriller, Michael Jackson's Thriller, which was such a huge influence and big part of pop culture to us when we were growing up. But since that one came out, we also squeezed in our fourth edition of First Concert Memories, where we asked people 20 pointed questions about the first night they saw a band that really changed their lives. And of course, this last week, we spoke with Sonny Pooney of Growing Up Rock and Pot of Thunder, an album review crew on Shout It Out Loudcast, about the first time he saw Ace Frehley in 1987. And Jackson and I shared our own memories of seeing him in 1993. And in relation to that show with Sonny on Ace, you know we talk about Kiss a lot on this show. We've had the Shout It Out Loud cast guys on here recently, and I love going to big live shows. Of course, I have indoctrinated my wolf cub into loving music and loving Kiss. And when I got to put up a wall of my stone stuff when we moved home, she wanted to put up a wall of Kiss stuff. And though I've taken her to see Kiss a couple of times, she was just a little young, four and five. But now that she's nine and they were doing a show nearby, I figured this is my chance to take her one last time. I'm not dying to see Kiss. I'm not. I've seen them. I've seen them at their best. This is not it. I took her a couple times because I wanted her to have that experience. It's something we could share together. And now she's old enough to appreciate it. We'll remember it well. We'll be fun at the show. So I say, all right, this is it. Let's go see Kiss one more time in Cincinnati on a Thursday night. We'll roll up there. We'll roll back one more time for her sake. And of course, well... I'm going to talk about on the show. I have to compare it a little bit to the previous shows I've seen, not just over the years, but on this tour. I've already seen them twice, once in Louisville, once in London, had a chance to see them in Amsterdam, but we moved away before the show came, and so I kind of owed her this show, and that's what we're going to talk about here today. Now, before we get into all that, just a little bit of business. As usual, we like to mention that we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, a network of about 100 different music and pop culture-related shows. There really is something in there for everyone. You should check them out at pantheonpodcasts.com. Follow them at Pantheon Pods. But our sponsor, rarevinyl.com, is gearing up for the holiday season here, guys. And they've got over a quarter of a million items in stock. And giving classic first edition or hard to find records to your family members or even guys to yourself i know when i want to get something for myself for the holidays i just buy it for myself and say here honey wrap this up say it's from you to me rarevinyl.com is the place to find what you want guys it's exactly what they're there for and if you use the code ugly you can save 10 percent off your orders that's a one-time code so go there and do all of your holiday shopping right get all the things for all those special people in your life get them all at once and save a big 10 percent. and they'll ship anywhere in the world it doesn't matter what country you're in so go to rarevinyl.com now find something that you love find something for that special someone use code ugly save 10 percent off your purchase back to kiss I'll do anything for my child. I love her to death, and I've indoctrinated her into rock and roll and kiss. So I feel like it's my obligation to take her one more time when we're both going to remember it, enjoy it. And so that's what this night was really about. I will probably rag on the band a little bit from an old man's perspective who's seen them eight, nine, ten times here over the last 30-plus years. But most of this is about seeing it through the eyes of a nine-year-old to see that kiss spectacle, to kind of give them an idea like, this is what a rock concert can really be. And that's what this night was about for us. So I hope you enjoy it. It's me talking about seeing Kiss live on the End of the Road Tour one final time 
right here on The Wolf. You know, so I never did ask you, how was the church in Ponte Vedra? It was good. It was a good show. It, the only bad thing I would say about it, it was on the Tuesday night, which was that random, like, and it, I think it kind of messed with the energy a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a better than expected turnout there. It was, I mean, the, the place isn't huge, but it was pretty much full. That's good. So that was nice. Yeah. And, and Steve was, he was in a... Talking to him first definitely mm-hmm. gave me a better understanding of the, of the uh, concert because he did have some comments that were a little prickly. Like when he talks about unguarded moment and oh yes, here's a here's a song that I, uh, you love and I hate, and then he goes into that. I'm like, oh okay, and then uh, yeah, there were, and then he was like, oh I screwed that up, you know, I played the wrong chord or something like that. Not that you could tell, but. <laughs> It was it was just funny because why would you say that? I mean, you 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 know this is you've got a paying audience that wants to come to see you, and you're giving them a hard time. But they sounded great. They did, didn't they? I I really enjoyed the new stuff. He he gave a quick intro as to what the the deal was about. You know, there's a guy and he lives in Antarctica and Mm -hmm. he's trying to be this star. So that was nice. And then they also mixed up the songs a little bit too. So it wasn't just one after the other from the new record. Yeah. I felt like while the band were playing the new stuff, they did it well, Mm -hmm. but they were... They were. It was like they were really focused on getting that stuff right. Whereas once you broke out a rocker or something from the old days, they kind of cut loose a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, Steve come out like you know I I you know I'm not gonna go off on how much I hate my own fucking song, but I I do this for you, you know. I don't do it. I don't want to fucking sing a song, but I do it for you. And he's talking about Milky Ways, like okay, I'm gonna play that song. You know which song it is. You yeah, know? yeah. He said something like that, but I thought it was funny when he played Metropolis. Mm -hmm. He said, like, this is the last time, you know, we were on the charts or something like that. He's like, but you never know, though. Fingers crossed. The next (laughs) one could be. So that was kind of that was kind of funny. It was, you know, Mm self-effacing. So I think he seemed appreciative. What he did, well, actually, what what, uh, before Milky Way, he said, you know, this song has a has a uh, tie in with Florida. And you're like, okay, what? (laughs) <laughs> and so I guess he said he got called into his manager's office and they were showing him how they were going to use it or had been used in Miami Vice. Oh. <laughs> so like, well, you know, okay, that's fine. I mean, I love Miami Vice as you do. Correct. But I mean, you know, a lot of great songs were used on Miami Vice too. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. So I'm sitting there in the, I'm sitting there in the audience while he's telling me that Googling that I'm like, oh yes, look, Asian cut. It was in there. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no good show. Yeah. Wasn't super happy. It was a Tuesday night, but yeah, it, it was a nice place. I had been there, I think once or twice before the concert hall. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, if you can see a band there, it's great. Cause it's, it's relatively small. I think it's only a couple hundred seater. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was looking at it before you went, I, it, it was something like if you seat everybody, it's like four fifty or five hundred. But if it's standing room only, you could probably double that. Yeah, maybe. I think they said max capacity was like nine hundred. There was some sign somewhere, but mm-hmm. I, then I, I guess that was without seating. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Now you had seats, right? Correct. Yeah, everybody yeah. had seats there. And and it was a you know, the, there were a couple people like when they when they played under the Milky Way, people got up, but for the most part everybody was sitting, but then mm. a lot of the songs were kind of subdued anyway, so it was kind of hard to jump up and down. So, yeah. I mean, I I didn't hate that on a Tuesday night to just kind of sit there and chill. And chill. I was, yeah. Oh, I was okay with that. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about the new album to me. It's it's kind of intricate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like they're all kind of focused on creating this this sound wave. And some of those are a little bit longer. And I, I was like, you know, some of the new ones, I mean, because they break it up into two different sets. And I felt like the first set was longer. It was heavier on the new stuff. And it's like, so, and so some of those songs, which are a little bit longer, you kind of have to endure that a little bit mm-hmm. to get to the stuff where the band kind of cuts loose and is like, you can see it on their face that they're happy when they play <laughs> some of the old stuff. But I mean, Tim, I didn't realize Tim Powell's wasn't in the band right now. He had been the longest tenured drummer easily. He'd done it for about a quarter of a century. Okay. And he wasn't there. Ian Haug. Hog, whatever you call him, he's on like as you face the stage, he's on the right side of the stage. Okay, and and he was he's been there for about a decade. I, that's when I saw them the first time about seven years ago when they opened for the psychedelic first. He was kind of doing the Marty Wilson Piper parts because Peter Cops was still in the band. Mm-hmm. But so now I don't know. I think they may mix and match. I think it's cool that they've made this record so now they can play stuff that you know that they played on. Right. But yeah, but it was interesting to do that one week. <laughs> Fairly subdued show, fun, small. You know, I could get pretty close to them if I wanted to. I mean, if I wanted to walk up and stand right under Steve, I could have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just stood at the back of the front of the place, which is probably, you know, I don't know, 10 yards from him or something like that. Uh, I could see all the band, hear him great. I'm like, that's great. Then to go to the arena to see Kiss one last time, be on the bottom but in the back, but we'll kind of get to all that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, as I've said on this show before, once they started to replace people in the reunion, after the reunion, I said, okay, you know what? I've given Kiss my money. Like I've, <laughs> I saw them without makeup. I couldn't wait to see them with makeup again. The original band, I saw them like four or five times Maybe once when there was a replacement guy and I didn't realize it because I wasn't following that closely. I'm like, oh, hey, Kiss is coming. I'm like, well, that's not Peter or, you know, whatever. But so, yeah, uh, I'm like, that's it. Early 2000s. I'm like, I'm not going to see them anymore. I've given them so much money over the years for concerts, for videos, for shirts, for toys, you know, whatever. I've, you know, I've given them more than most bands. I'm going to spend that on other bands that are up and coming or that, you know, they need it or they deserve it or whatever. Never going to go see Kiss again. And then I become a father and I start to indoctrinate Kiss and other things into the Wolf Cub's life. And there's this great, great movie, Kiss and Scooby-Doo and the rock and roll, you know, mystery theme park, whatever it is. I can't Mm -hmm. remember the name of it. And she loves it. I mean, as a two-year-old, she loves it. And as a three-year-old, she loves it. And as a four-year-old, we're about to move to England, but they come to Louisville. So I'm like, damn it. This is the last tour. I'm taking her so she can say she saw Kiss. And she loved it. She was clapping after every song like her life depended. She's like, oh, my God. I can't wait, you know. But we get to the demon spitting blood. She's like, I need to take a break. And her mother's like, we are leaving now. I'm like, okay, just take it All easy. Right. All right, we'll, we'll leave. Move to England. And four months later, they're playing the O2. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll take her again. She's five. She's a little older. She could probably make it this time. This time, she kind of got worn out. You know, and and she kind of got freaked out, I think. And we didn't make it as far as we did the first time. Like, okay, that's it. I've checked the box. I'm not. (laughs) I took her to see Kiss twice, two different countries. I'm a good dad. Fine. I'm done. Then COVID happens. 
The tour gets broken up a little bit, and then we're living in Amsterdam, and they're coming to Amsterdam one more time. Okay, well, now she's A, gonna be nine. Okay, she'll remember this, and she can make it through about the whole show if she wants to. All right, I'm gonna take her. I get good seats, not amazing seats, but good seats, and then we have to leave. (laughs) We have to move back to the U.S. But, of course, they still have dates in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) So I scramble, I go get tickets to see him in Indy, which is about a week before the Madison Square Garden shows. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And the prices are outrageous. They are out of this world. Expensive. Like double and triple what I paid in Amsterdam. I'm like, really? Because, I mean, you could go see him in Cincinnati. You go see him in Cleveland. You could go see mm-hmm. him in Detroit from Indy. But, you know, in Amsterdam, it's a little different. So I'm, like, I'm just shocked. So I get us a couple, like, upper deck seats. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, honey. I'm not taking you. I, I know that they're not great anymore. But I want you to see it. So I'm not going to spend $800 on good seats. I'm just not. I get a couple of upstairs, still a couple hundred bucks or more, thanks to the convenience charges, which I find incredibly inconvenient. Okay, so then we're going to do that. And then I just start to realize, you know, there's a possibility we're not even going to be around for Thanksgiving. And so we're talking to Sonny Pooney, doing First Concert Memories 4, talking about Ace Fraley. And, you know, one of the questions, one of the incredibly well-thought-out questions we have at the end of that is, so would you see them again? And he's not going to go see Ace again. I'm like, okay, so would you see Kiss again? He goes, no. And Kiss is coming 10 minutes from my house later this week, and I'm not going. And I didn't realize that there was this whole leg of the tour. I thought they had makeup dates left. Oh, but okay. I, but I didn't know that they basically had, I mean, it's like, they still have like, I don't know, 25 dates, 30 dates, something like that. A nice run in the Midwest. They go to Canada for about eight or nine dates or something like that. Then they come back to the U.S., finish it off. Obviously, the big ones are in Madison Square Garden in December. And the shout it out loud cast boys old shows. Right. For the last shows of the tour. So when Sonny said that, I'm like, wow, they're coming to Cincinnati. That's closer than Indy. (laughs) I'll just, I'll just look. Tickets weren't that bad. I got us two good seats. I said, you know what? I'm taking her. And then we can sell those indie seats. We'll, We'll have what decent seats go one more time. And then that's it forever and ever. So that's what we're talking about here today. So this was kind of a, la- even though it wasn't a last minute deal planning, it was kind of a last minute deal because you decided to punt and go on a, what night was it? What it was a Thursday week? night. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday night. night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, part of the perfection of that indie thing was like, yeah, okay, we're going to have Thanksgiving. That's great. Then we can go up there. And if we want to spend the night, we can, if we want to trek back, we can, mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody has to get up the next day, so not a big deal. But so, I don't know, it just came up, and I'm just like, I don't want to spend the night in Indy. It's a farther drive back, and who knows? I mean, they've had to postpone stuff in the last six months because someone got sick or someone couldn't sing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, just go as soon as you can, because if the Indy thing got rescheduled and you got to do it next year, it's like, okay, now it's getting to the point where Paul's voice is such that the sooner you can see them, the better. (laughs) Because if you don't soon, you're going to, well, it's not going to work out. Hey, this is Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. And you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So you go on, you get the tickets. They, and now I'm curious because it, you kind of bought them like literally, I don't know if day of, but pretty close to day of. Yeah. Was, it, was there still a decent amount left or? Well, they were resale tickets and that's oh, pretty okay. typical these days that people will buy tickets and either they want to try to make money off them or they they want to go. And mm. then they realize closer to, you know what, that just doesn't work for me. And then they, they put them back on. So yeah, I got them via Ticketmaster two days before the show okay. something like that didn't pay that much for them and we, so we're lower bowl in the back but okay. like third row so that was really good for her because so we, we come up a little bit we can see over the crowd on the floor easy enough she can see over the people who sit in front of us even if she's sitting down no problem mm. and then when star child flies out from the stage and then comes to that kind of b stage next to the soundboard and all that, we're extremely close to him. Okay. You know? And that was the point of the original show because she loves Star Child. Star Child is her favorite. Mm -hmm. Every time I've taken her to see Kiss, she's put on the star. Okay. And when we saw him in Louisville in March of 2019, we were relatively close to the B stage at that point. And I wanted her to see that. And it was kind of right before he did that. The demon starts spinning blood. She's a little scared. Her mother's like, we are. Oh, so you didn't even see that part last time. No. Okay. No, either time, either. Okay. Time, you know? And so that was another reason where I'm like, okay, we're going to go one more time. Cause I want you to see as much of the show as you can. Mm. I never stay for the last song anymore and because it makes it a nightmare getting out and we've already got an hour and a half in front of us yeah. in the dark. It was raining to make it Oof. more fun, although it was raining way worse on the church night, but it was raining a little bit just to make it more fun. So I'm like, all right, honey, you just tell me when you don't want to see anymore and we'll, and we'll go. Mm. But yeah, so our seats were, to me, 
really good because they weren't super loud. She had her big headphones on like these. Yeah. I had the little ones that you basically squeeze and stick in your ear and I wasn't going to use them. And it's not that the noise was really loud or that the music, but when they blow stuff up, those big <laughs> pops and booms, like I'm just going to stick this in my right ear just to kind of, you know, help me on that side. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, as far as I was concerned, our seats were pretty darn good and reasonable. Okay. So let's back up for a minute there. So you hatch this plan and then you tell her, I mean, obviously she's looking forward to this at Thanksgiving, but you tell mm-hmm. her, oh, by the way, we're moving up the timetable until the day after tomorrow. Was she yeah. super psyched? She was pretty psyched. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she didn't freak out. She didn't lose her mind. <laughs> like, like, like the first time I said, well, I'm going to take you to see kiss. She, she really did kind of freak out, but I'm like, nah, you know, it's, it, it, we'll go. And then we probably won't go for Thanksgiving. She goes, but if we're here for Thanksgiving, we'll go, right? I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're, we'll see, um, kind of thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's one of my things to do today is sell those goddamn indie tickets because <laughs> I don't want to go again, man. Um, I really don't. I mean, I'll do anything for her, but I feel like I just did it, and it's not like the show's going to be any different. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you know, it's going to be exactly the same. So, other than the venue, it would be exact. It, the The show is going to be a mirror image. So, yeah. okay, so she's psyched. She, uh, I mean, I, I'll, I won't ruin this for everybody else, but I saw the pictures. She painted her face, correct? Correct. We and we didn't. We left straight from school. Like she had a guitar lesson. And then we left straight from school. Of course, you know, there's always end of day work traffic on 71, 75 heading into Cincinnati. Right. So there's, you know, so we get up there at like park the car after seven uh, and the show starts at 845, you know, so we, we didn't have time to like do it up like we did the first time before we like got on the subway or whatever in England. I just kind of brought the face paint makeup with us. Mm-hmm. I got us in there, got us some food because, you know, hadn't eaten dinner yet. And then after she was done, then I, I, I drew the star on her face. Okay. Yeah. And this was the, what, what arena was this? Oh, that's a fair uh, question. I think they call it Heritage Bank Arena okay. now in Cincinnati. It used to be called something, I think it was U.S. Bank Arena not too long ago. Like when mm-hmm. I last saw some shows there in the in the 2000s. But yeah, I feel like Cincinnati's riverfront, they do it pretty well. It's like there's the football stadium, the baseball stadium, and then this little arena. They're all basically right at the waterfront. Basically, as soon as you cross over Kentucky into Cincinnati and then you take a right, there's all those boom, boom, boom. The Taft Theater, I don't think, is all that far away either, which is a nice place. You know, kind of place that Steve Hackett would play, you know, Mm. kind of thing. And I've seen Oasis there before. So um, I feel like all that stuff is downtown. And relatively easy to get to, lots of parking options. And I was a little confused just because I haven't done it in so long. <laughs> but we eventually we found a parking space, no problem. Got in there, no problem. Okay. Yeah. And so when you get in there, because I remember when I um, when I saw Kiss, I think this was 2019 on the end of the road tour. It, we got in the parking lot, and it was it was just a mishmash of people. Like there were <laughs> there were people who were old that were by themselves there mm-hmm. were people who were like you could tell there were a couple of generations of people like maybe yeah it was like you know mom dad grandma and the kids were there i mean it was it was a sight to be behold and there were shirts from i mean you can buy shirts from any era now but it was funny sure. to see like i mean there were old school stuff there was like the you know the asylum people mm-hmm. were wearing shirts from that era 
uh, hot in the shade. So it was just it was just a a nice cross section of all the humanity going to see this show. Yeah, it was. Uh, we definitely saw some people with their kids there. I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing a a family with uh, like three kids, and at least one of them was younger than the wolf cub. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and they all had their face faces painted. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's good. I saw a lot of fathers and sons there. I'll tell you what was really kind of cool was that, okay, so we get down there, and like I said, we're third row just right off the uh, floor in the back, and right in front of us, there were these four guys who basically had the last seats on the floor, Mm. and not only did they have makeup and wigs on, but they had the dress to kill suits on. All right. So after we got our food and got settled in, we watched people come down out of the stands to go get their pictures taken <laughs> with these guys. Like they were really kissed, like lining up for, you know, uh, the backstage photos or whatever. I'm talking 50, 60, 100 people came by to say, hey, you know, can I take my picture? Can you get a picture of my kid? Can you get a picture of my girlfriend? You know, and they were really cool about it, too. I mean, like. Every kid who came up, they would get down on their knees and give them, mm. you know, signs and stuff. Everyone who wanted to do it, they did it. So I don't know who those guys were, but they made a lot of people's nights by doing the dress to kill thing. That's funny. Yeah. 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 So was there an opening act? Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Here okay. we go. Here we go. Here yes. we go. Because the first couple times on this tour that I saw them, there was no opening act. Or if there was, we got there too late. Or it was a painter, famously. And look. You want to hear about this tour, you probably want to listen to several episodes of the Shout It Out Loud cast, <laughs> who we've had on a couple of times, including for first concert memories, number uh-huh. one, when, uh, you know, talking about the first time we saw Kiss on the Revenge Tour, when Tom saw them on the Hot in the Shade Tour, and when Zeus saw them, I call it the reunion tour, but I think it was Alive Worldwide was the, was the official name. That was a great show. So, yeah, uh, complaining about how there's a painter. I think David Lee Roth did it for a while, but obviously he's going to finally, he's going to rub somebody the wrong way. That's what he does. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't want to see the painter, but she's an artist, the Wolf Cub. So I'm like, well, maybe she'll dig watching this person paint Mm. and it's chill. And you know, my ears won't get blown out, but no, a band comes on called Amber Wild. And you wonder how did they get this gig? Yeah. Never, never heard of them before. And it's funny because. I'm like, Amber Wilde, like, okay, whose kid is it Amber Wilde? Like, jokingly, I said that, you know, kind of like when Fiction Plane opened for the police on their enormous reunion tour, half a billion globally. I'm like, who is Fiction Plane? Well, they got a lead singer called Joe Sumner. <laughs> you know, whose father, Gordon Sumner, just happens to go by the moniker Sting, you know? It's like, never saw him before, never heard of him since, but daddy gave him a plum gig. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because... The lead singer kind of had this Jufro. I'm like, oh, God, I bet that's Paul's kid. Ha, ha, ha. Because Nick wasn't in the Nick Simmons wasn't in the band. Mm. Eric and Tommy don't have the juice to say, hey, put my kid in there. And I don't I don't think Eric even has kids. Tommy might. I'm not sure. But I'm like, God, I bet that Paul, that's Paul Stanley's kid. Look it up. Yes, that is Paul Stanley's kid, Evan <laughs> Stanley. Now, they didn't make any reference to the fact that they're Paul Stanley's kid. And I look, they weren't great, but they weren't bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their music to me was kind of generic rock. You know, the musicians around him, look, they came out and did their job. They jumped around the stage. They didn't just come up and play. They tried to make a show of it. They ran around. Of course, Evan did some crowd work mm-hmm. and he was grateful. He's like, hey, we're so glad to meet you. We've got these new singles. You know, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Doc, for having us on the tour. 
And then, because, look, they had been in Australia most recently. Mm -hmm. They did their last ever Australia show on October 7th. And before that, I feel like they were doing some makeup shows. Like, they did the European show in, like, June and July when we were supposed to see them in Amsterdam. Mm. They did something in Wisconsin on September 1st. I don't know if that was a makeup show that they had to, you know, rebook because someone was sick or something happened or whatever. Uh, but then October 7th, they did their last Sydney show in, it was at Acor Stadium in Sydney. And that was a big deal. I mean, stadium, not arena stadium. It was like 50,000 people strong. Kiss is very, very popular in Sydney or in, in Australia generally. Mm-hmm. And they do break out Shandy when they're in Australia. Oh, Okay. Kind of like they break out crazy nights when they play England because mm-hmm. that's such a big song over there. So they they will they'll break out Shandy for Australia. Other than that, however, there is no difference in their set list. Like they they've got this down. It's I mean it's just like doing a Broadway performance on the road, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you hit your same cues and your same marks every day. You make it big because just because you've done a hundred of these, the people there seeing it for the first time or whatever. So, uh, so that's basically what it was. But then they, they had these like 25 to 30 dates left in American Canada. And Cincinnati was the first night of the tour. And so this is the first time Amber Wilde opened for them. Mm, okay. So they seemed psyched to do it. And and what I thought was cool too was they're like, hey guys, we're gonna be to, we're gonna be in section you know 103 or 104. We'll be out there signing stuff. Come by and say hi, get pictures. They said it a couple times. I'm like, you know what? That is cool to mm-hmm. me. You know, they could just say, hey, look, my dad's a star, and after this, we're gonna go backstage and be rock stars too. But they're like, no, I'm gonna get out there and do the meet and greet thing and shake some hands and try to win some fans over. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? Good for them for that. Yeah. And that is kind of cool because, you know, you want to see somebody who is happy to be there. Yeah. And, and you, you realize, yes, okay, you got the gig because of your father, you know, your father's band. But yeah, I mean, did Gordon, did uh, Sting's kid sign autographs at the end? Probably not. Probably not. So yeah, yeah, just happy to be there. And I mean, honestly, how many opening bands that you've never heard of before do you really go, wow, that was awesome. So if they did their job, fantastic to me the point of the opening band is always to get your ears ready for what's coming to be honest with you right there have certainly been times when i wanted to see the opening band a lot or maybe even more than the headliner foo fighters opening for red hot chili peppers comes to mind Mm -hmm. but uh you know and sometimes i want to see the opening band for sure i'm curious okay what's what's this all about you know our buddy scott holiday talked about opening for kiss with the rival sons and he's like, I've seen it happen. Where you come out for the first song and they're looking at you and they go, don't <laughs> care. You know. <laughs> but by the second one, they're like, okay, yeah, that, that wasn't a bad song. I kind of like that. And the third one was like clapping. Okay, yeah, yeah, these guys are pretty good. By the fifth song, yeah, man, Rival Sons. That did not happen with Amber Wilde. Okay, well, you know, you gave him a chance at least. Yeah, but I mean, that name, dude. I mean, what, it sounds like a porn star, you know, <laughs> or, or at least a stripper, right? It's like, and now on the main stage, put your hands together for Amber Wilde. <laughs> Let's too wide. put the X in sex. Yeah, I know. <laughs> did they, I did just, they at least keep, keep it brief? It, it Honestly, yeah, it, it was pretty brief. Yeah, yeah, okay. it, it, it definitely was. They, they didn't give them like 55 minutes or something like that. Right. I, I, okay. I don't even know if it was 45 minutes because they just put out their new album. So 
they don't have I mean they don't have that much material right right and you don't want to see them do stairway to heaven or anything let's go you know you right. got a couple of songs cool yeah get the crowd warmed up and then and then let's go yeah their, their breakout song is called breakout I thought that was pretty good they had another one I remember called silver so I'm like yeah that's that's okay it's, you know I don't think it's great but it's all right okay can, can he play the guitar yeah yeah I mean, his lead guitar player is obviously a better guitar player than mm. he was. His lead guitarist had like a red kind of duster thing on. Oh, but at least they were dressing up and dressing like rock stars. And, mm. But yeah, I mean, you know, he can't have long hair like his dad. I mean, it just it goes it straight just, up. It goes, you know? it goes yeah. out, not down. Yeah, his <laughs> his his mom is Pamela Bowen. Okay. Who I, I mean, she's an actress. I don't really know much of her work, but I mean, she was on, you know, some soap operas back in the day. She was in the Detroit Rock City movie. She had a role in that because I guess uh. they were still together um, at that point. But I mean, I feel like she's done, uh, it, was it, uh, was it Guiding Light? Now I got to look it up. She was on Loving. You know, she's a working actress. You know, she, 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 oh, it was Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Oh, okay. She, she did, you know, almost 40 episodes of that way back in the day. Uh, but, you know, you do a, a couple episodes of Moonlighting. You know, you do a Designing Women. You do an episode of Cheers, you know. And, you know, she's a pretty girl. She's on a Matlock. She's on a Murder, she wrote. She's on a, you know, whatever. She did a Beverly Hills 90210. So, you know, she's, she's a working actress. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, she gets her break in a movie, Detroit Rock City. Gee, how'd you get that? But, you know, Shannon Tweed was in that also, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that's just what happened. So I don't know when exactly they broke up. I guess I could probably look that up if I really want to. If you wanted to. March 2001. So so Evan is their one child. July 26, 1992 to March 2001. Pamela is of Scottish, Welsh, and Choctaw American Indian heritage. And that's uh, information you won't get on any other show. Yeah. Fun fact, Pamela Bowen and Vanna White are best friends. Oh. And she was considered for the role of Samantha Jones in Sex of the City, which went to Kim Cattrall. Now, if she had been Samantha Jones, <laughs> we'd have all sorts of naked pictures of her, right? Because... Correct. Because Kim Cattrall was the slutty one, and she was, you know, naked or half naked a lot on that show. <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing for Paul's sake. Mm -hmm. she, she didn't mm -hmm. get that role, you know. So when I saw them, the painter guy was there. And with that, it doesn't take that long to get him off and the band on. There's really mm -hmm. nothing to move out. So was it a decent time in between the two? I mean, I know you got to get some stuff off the stage. Yeah, and uh, it, it did take a little longer. And being with a nine-year-old, she's like, "This is boring." Yeah, like, see, I and that's that's where I was going with this <laughs> is that you have a you know what you're there to see something. You know, she and she doesn't. I don't think understand the the concept of opening band. Like when you get there, you want the show to start like a movie. Like mm -hmm. when I get there at you know eight o'clock at eight o five, this thing lights up. So yeah, we there was kind of already something. Now the house lights come back on and they're moving stuff around. What what is going on here? Hurry up. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but I feel like the opening act got off got on at seven thirty mm -hmm. and they didn't do much more than half an hour. Okay. I think they went till after eight, but not a whole lot more than that. And I was kind of hoping, hey, maybe they'll come on at eight thirty. Because again, I got this two-hour drive back. I'm having <laughs> the clock know, is ticking. Just just passed out child next to me, and I'm gonna be by myself, you know, until midnight or whatever. But anyway, they did start at eight forty-five, which I was pretty pleased with because most of the time they're they're starting at nine in America. Mm. So I mean, look, 
another 15 extra minutes. Awesome. Thank you. Let's get it going. And, and so they were, you could see them breaking down the Amber wild stuff at first, but then they dropped the big kiss curtain around the stage. So you can't really see what's going on back there. And meanwhile, of course, there's two big screens on either side that say kiss army until, Mm. you know, until things get going. But then when they turn down the house lights and, you know, they play some pretty good songs as a lot of bands do now, as we saw with Iron Maiden, they play some, some good classic tunes Mm. to kind of get the crowd warmed up. But when they go into rock and roll by Led Zeppelin, you know, yeah, you know, you're close now. Yeah. That's like Dr. Doctor for Iron Maiden. Mm. It's like, okay, the band's up next. Everybody get in and get settled. Cause here we go. So that's, that's exactly the way it worked that night. And I'm like, all right, honey, get those headphones on. Here we go. And yeah, and we were off and running. Now, something, I don't know if they did this the first two times we saw them and I just didn't see it or didn't remember it. But right before they come on, they blow up four huge Kiss characters, two on either side of the stage. Hmm. Like like big blow-up dolls. Like, you know, with, with Rush, we saw... They had the rabbits and the hats and the stones had, you know, the the honky tonk women or whatever that used to blow up. I don't think they did that in 2019. I could be wrong. But as soon as the guys get into, all right, Cincinnati, you wanted the best. Those things get all blown up. So it's pretty cool. So, you know, like across the stage, you see like two blow up things, a big screen, this enormous stage, another big screen, two blow up things. So it, it, it really does take up the whole width, breadth of the venue which okay. is which is pretty cool to me and it's it's something else to take your to kind of draw you into it also and again looking at it from a from a child's perspective i mean that's kind of what you want to see also like you're there to see the show more show is not going to be a bad thing well exactly i don't i don't remember that either i don't remember any big blow-up dolls from the 2019 show well and you know look if you're going to see kiss you want to see the spectacle mm-hmm. and i know that they don't sound that good anymore. You know, I know voice uh, Paul's voice is fairly shot. Mm. You know, I, I know Gene was never a great singer. That's not his shtick. You know, you know, I just want to, I, I, I want to go there and be entertained and have fun. And yes, and then through the eyes of a nine-year-old, say, "Wow, isn't that cool, honey? Is it? Did you see that? That's really neat." So yeah, that's that's what it boils down to. And and see, to me, from that side of things, they didn't disappoint. It's still a spectacle. Mm. It's still fun. There's still so much to take in visually that it really kind of doesn't matter how well the band play the music at this point okay yeah that's an interesting point because you're right it's it's well everything else sounds pretty good at this point in time it's just paul's voice i mean you know tommy and eric are they're the consummate professionals so they're going to hit every mark you're right gene was never that great of a singer so his vocals still sound about what where they're supposed to be yeah and you know you've got the you've got the blood spitting you've got the fire you know yep. the stuff that you know you're going to see so yeah the stage moves around it comes out into the crowd which is kind of another thing too when people are like well how could they don't switch up the set list you really can't at this point in time there's so much that goes into it unless you can find a song that's exactly the same time frame you can't just go switching stuff up right without a big hiccup in the production no no that's that that's right yeah absolutely yeah, i mean uh, Although, I mean, some people will say, you know, it's the Stones do it, and they certainly have a lot of production behind them, and they have mm-hmm. 
stuff that blows up and and stuff that you know explodes and shit like that but it's it's but just I, it's not the same <laughs> yeah but I, but i think you're right at this point in time you're really there to see the spectacle like it's yeah. almost like you could just play the music over the pa and people would still be happy because they want to see the thing blow up and you know feel the heat coming off the pyro and so yeah it's more of a spectacle now yeah and, and that's that's also why there's so much so many rumors about doing a kiss 2.0 where mm there might not be anybody left. Like when Paul and Gene are like, that's it. We're not doing this anymore. You could still, you get four guys and maybe Tommy and Eric are there. Maybe they're not. Maybe they just get four guys in their twenties. Yeah. Who are awesome and send them out and they'll sound better. And, uh, you know, and, and you could still blow all that stuff up and have all that fun. Right. So I, you know, I get it. I, I get it. Why it could be. Some people would see that. Some people wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't. Would, I don't I think I would either. That. Yeah. I so what? What was that. the? Uh, what was the? What was the songs that she was looking forward to? Well, she loves "I Was Made for Loving You." That was mm. that's her favorite song. Okay. Uh, she loves "Shout It Out Loud." Mm-hmm. She she likes Detroit Rock City. She knows Deuce. She kind of likes Heaven on Fire. She <laughs> unfortunately she likes "Lick It Up." And I remember, I know they had the what's his name from Nerd Halen on Shout Out Loud. It's like, no, that's not about sexual things. That's about coming behind me because we're still kissed. We're still awesome. Like, I, I don't think that's that's what it is. I think it's literally about lick it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, that thing yeah. you just got out of me, you can lick that up. <laughs> Basically. So you're telling me every other song they ever had was about sex, but this isn't about that. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, okay, yeah. gotcha. Give me a break. Like, every song from the 80s was about sex. Every single mm-hmm. solitary one, you know. Except that one, gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, look, the the set list is really no different than it, than it ever was. I mean, I, I was just looking back at the one we saw in 2019 in Louisville. Okay. Slight difference. They did play Do You Love Me during the encore, not that we saw it, but they did that, that whereas we did see him play Making Love this time. I don't know. I was kind of psyched about that. I mean, you know, I didn't see it last time. So right. I'm like, you know, hey, you know, it's that's cool. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm psyched for that. At this point in time, if you can't, if you don't have the set list memorized, that is a nice change of pace i mean for me it was i was psyched about it. i'm like all right well that's that's different they didn't do that the last few times so mm-hmm. sweet but yeah i mean other than that it's it's just that same old <laughs> tired set list man i mean like ugh. so the so the big highlight of this was going to be when when paul comes out to the second stage exactly okay that, that's exactly right that's the only thing i was really like that's why i bought the tickets where i bought them because i'm like you know what i don't care and i know that they're not going to sound great mm. there to see the spectacle but because she was a little young couldn't make it through the other shows i'm like i gotta get her in here and i gotta get her close to that stage close to that second stage because you're supposed yeah. to see it she loves star child so we'll that that's what i did that's as okay. a father that's just what i do so did he do the shtick about how, you know, you got to invite me out there. I want to hear it. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, look, dude, I, I know they got to do the same songs. I get that. I know that like even Tommy's guitar solo, he kind of does the same stuff and he shoots the things out of his mm-hmm. guitar neck and it blows up on top of the stage. All that stuff to me is just so, so tired mm-hmm. uh, more tired than the songs are really like and and paul does a lot of crowd work because you got to switch guitars out and you got to you know 
give people time to, you know, to settle back into the right place after stuff. So Paul does a lot of crowd work as he always has. And I'm like, how many, let's start it. What do you think the over under is on how many times Paul says Cincinnati, right? (laughs) Cincinnati, (laughs) we're going to miss you. (laughs) Hey, I mean, after every song, Hey, Cincinnati. And then he does the thing where it's like, hmm, hmm, everyone over here, yeah. everyone over here. I'm like, oh, God, you still do this, dude. I mean, <laughs> think of how much shorter the show would be if they didn't do all that stuff or they could play a few more songs instead of doing all that stuff. But it's 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 so choreographed down to the minute. To me, it's tired. To her, I think she thought it was cool. I mean, we got in the cars like, that was cool. That was fun, Daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> Good. Awesome. I'm glad you couldn't hear how horrible Paul's voice Mission was. Mission accomplished. Because I could. And I'm like, Jesus. I mean. So so other than other than that, let's take that off the table. How was the rest of the sound? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought they sounded, well, maybe it's f- as far back as we were. I thought the sound was a little muddled. I, I didn't think the guitars, all I could really hear was the drums and the bass. Mm-hmm. I could hear everyone when they sang together, like in choruses and stuff like that. Couldn't hear Paul's voice very well. And that's a bit of a blessing because when you're good, <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe how bad his voice is. Uh, I mean, it's just shot. It's not his fault. He's used the hell out of it, mm. but it just doesn't really work anymore, dude. And and when he does some of the stuff, because he, he might sing a little bit acapella before they get into the song, it didn't really sound that bad. I'll tell you one thing, though, because he's, he's been accused of using tracks, and I'm sure that's true. I never heard any tracks. Okay. okay. I, I never heard tracks. I heard Eric and Tommy singing to support him, but I heard his voice clearly and it wasn't very good, <laughs> but it wasn't like I didn't hear the tracks. I, they were probably there and maybe I just didn't hear it. But yeah, the sound was a little muddled to me. I personally was a little disappointed in that, but I'm like, you know what? It, I'm not here for me. Mm-hmm. I've heard them sound great in yep. the last 30 years. So I'm not that worried about it, but you know, but, but then putting on like my shout it out loud cast hat, I'm like, Oh, they would rip he they rip him for this. <laughs> they would just rip him for this. I'd be yeah. interested to see what they had what they come back with from those Madison Square Garden shows. Yeah. Uh there's gotta be something going on on those shows. There's gotta something, be some kind of special guest or something. Something extra, yeah. Who knows? Uh it doesn't sound like it's gonna be either Ace or Peter, but you never no. know. No, no, but what's interesting is Amber Wilde is opening them for all their U.S. dates starting in Cincinnati, but they're not touring with them in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to see, do they have a band in Canada or do they bring the painter back for those Canadian shows? And then they are not opening for the two nights in MSG. And so, yeah, are they going to have a different opening act? Will that be a surprise? Would Bruce Kulik come out and do it? I mean, that would be killer. That would be cool, yes, to have his band come out there. Because other than that, I mean, who else have you got? Vinny is not even clo- anywhere close to being usable oh jesus christ no dude yeah i mean that's not a i mean maybe <laughs> that's not an option out, maybe you come out and wave but that would be about it and then the same thing with ace and peter like they're not i, I don't think they could even play at that level no no no. no no i mean peter is retired he might come and do one or two songs somewhere mm-hmm. with somebody but that's it he can't do 45 minute opening right. act, and i don't even think he has a band and ace is so bad <laughs> I mean, according to everything we've heard, he is so bad now. Like, he's ruining his legacy bad. Mm. You know, like, we, we got to get him to stop. He's so bad. So he he couldn't. 
I don't want to see that. I mean, would it be cool if he came out and took a bow? Yeah. Sure. Would it be cool if he ended up on a jam at the end of Rock and Roll Night? But that's not going to happen because he's not going to put on the space band stuff and put on the makeup and all that and then be next to Tommy in that same makeup. That wouldn't happen in a hundred thousand years, right? So, I mean, it's just a bad idea. So, I mean, I, I bet he's not even there. I, I don't think so. I, I honestly, I don't think if there's any surprises, it's not going to be from Ace and Peter. Yeah, it, it, it could be that Bruce does something, but I still doubt it because they could still have Bruce come do something with them eventually, like an acoustic set. Mm. Or, you know, they come to Vegas and they do some residency and they let Bruce come on and do a few songs with them. That would be fine. But as far as the makeup goes, they're not going to have other people come up on stage in makeup. That's for sure. Yeah, that would be too weird. That, that That's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. And so, I, I mean, unless there's an opening act with Bruce, I don't see there being any surprises. I mean, it's not even like they're the Stones. Like, we could have Lady Gaga come out for a couple of songs. Mm. They can't even really do that, given how everything works, all the pyro and all that stuff anyway. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I'll be curious to hear what the boys say about those shows in December. I hope they have a good time, but I don't think it's going to be that complimentary. I don't either. (laughs) This is Sunny Hollywood Pooney, and you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Why? Somebody has to. All right. So back to your show. Yes. So the thing comes down that, that he rides on, right? He gets on, he comes out, he hits the stage. Was she excited for that? The second stage? She was. She was. Okay. But that's so late in the show. I mean, Uh-oh. that's quarter after 10. Mm-hmm. She's getting tired. Oh, and boy. I'm like, and I'm like, honey, stand up, show him your star. Be excited. She didn't even stand up. She's just sitting there <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Happy he's there. So we were so close to him, Dad. He was so close to us. Like, oh, I know, honey. I thought you would stand up and wave to him. Because he'll, I mean, if he sees someone in the star child makeup, he'll wave to her or blow her a kiss or something like that. Yeah. She's like, nah, I'll just sit here. It's fine. Daddy's not standing up. I'm like, well, I'm not standing up because I'm old and fat and I, I know what's happening. But you should. But, but you know, she, but she was psyched that he was out there. Okay. He, he flies out. Do they go into the beginning of Love Gun, like the riff, and then he's out there, and then he sings it? Yeah. I can't really remember. Here's the thing. The, the the stage, his little piece, rises up about six feet Yeah, before he gets out there, right? So it's like, I can see over it. You know, there's people working the board there. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. Mm-hmm. before he comes out, boom, it goes up, so he really is, you know, away from all those people. They can't really grab onto him or anything. And he's up a little high, but he does love gun out there. He does some crowd work, a little guitar work does. I was made for loving you. And then I feel like they go into black. Di- they definitely go into black diamond and then he flies back okay. because Eric's obviously singing back black diamond. Right. So, right. But he has to sing love gun. So I feel like he goes out there and then they start love gun. That, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the way that works. Like you got to invite me. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here rubbing my head like, Oh my God, this is so cheesy. And I've seen it a thousand times, but she's like starting to get excited at that point. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know, bring yeah. him out here. This is, this is why we have these specific seats. Mm-hmm. Bring him out. It'll be great. And it was cool. And I got some decent, I mean, look, my phone is so old. I don't really great videos or pictures like people who have the new ones. 
but we actually got some pretty decent photos and videos because we were that close to him. You know, we were we were not thirty yards away from him. We were probably between fifteen and twenty, something like that. And that is pretty cool because I talked to somebody I can't remember who it was, and this was years ago that saw Kiss from probably like the third or fourth row. Mm-hmm. And they said it was it was cool to see the show, but you miss so much of it being that close. Like you don't mm-hmm. really get to see the you don't get to see screen in the back. Uh, right. You know you can kind of see like he was telling me like where he was. I think this was back when Peter was still in the band. Like you could kind of see sideways into the kit. You could tell he wasn't wearing the big boots. Mm-hmm. You know playing the drums. Like there's just stuff that you that you can see behind the curtain a little bit. And you're like, eh, this is kind of ruining a little bit. So for that, when he comes out, because we were we were not that far away from that stage, it's kind of cool because you get to see Paul up close. Yeah, but you're also looking at the the entire stage when they're playing the regular set. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, I think so. Yeah, you know, and it, there is so much to see, and the lights are so bright. Mm-hmm. And we're I don't know, are we eighty yards away or a hundred? I'm not really sure. But when they do stuff like Heaven's on Fire, I could feel the heat of the pyro. <laughs> Yes. that far away so i'm like yeah. if you're that close up <laughs> i mean you could get you know first degree burns or something right. like that you know you i mean gonna come out there with a little bit less than the eyebrow yeah you know it's like so obviously they're hot because that stuff is all around them and all those lights the things they have above them to me are really cool they have like these octagon kind of shaped things that have different lights and different images and stuff on them and so like when gene does god of thunder they kind of have an animated face of him mouthing the words on all these screens, you know. Uh, yeah. They, they could put different colors on. They all descend from the top for Detroit Rock City to come down. And then, of course, Gene, after he spits blood, he jumps on his thing and he rises however far up in the air, 50 feet in the air to do God of Thunder. The stage, the spectacle, all that stuff, that's all amazing. It's all mm-hmm killer and they put in some stuff for like shout it out loud and some of the other songs where they they kind of put things on the screen behind them it's 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 an even better show to me than i saw in 2019 from that perspective okay from how the stage interacts from the graphics that they have behind them from some of the old videos that they'll put up when they play a classic song and you could see Ace and you could see Peter and you could see mm. Paul, you'd see a thinner gene, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but like, dude, when they do the deuce dance. Yeah. Oh my God. Then they look geriatric. <laughs> because like when we saw him on the revenge tour with Bruce do it, we were psyched for that. Like, Oh my God, they're doing the deuce dance. You know, that's so cool. And they kind of yeah. go back and forth this time. It was, they were barely moving and i'm like <laughs> god i mean like i know you gotta play deuce and i love the song but ah, the deuce dance is so weak sauce these days it's so tommy doesn't even move that much because he'd be showing up the other two you know right so. you've got you've got to yes you've got to keep it in the same zone so you don't uh you don't upstage them but that was that was what i was thinking about in 2019 when we saw paul come out there to that small stage mm-hmm. like he's still dancing around He's like pushing 70 at that point in time. He's got to be over 70 now. Right. Yeah, he's a little over 70 now. And he he does still dance a little bit and shimmy a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, don't break a hip out there, Poppy. Yeah, I know. I mean, but now he doesn't move a ton on that B stage because he doesn't want to fall off. <laughs> that would just be the worst. But he, you know, he still does it and he... He did a little bit of, he doesn't really do a solo. I call it a, a chord extravaganza yeah. more, more than a solo. There was a bit of a guitar solo. 
a couple times where he and Tommy like duel, I guess you could call it. Mm. Not much of a duel. Not playing anything wicked, cool, or hard to play or anything like that. It's just they trade back and forth. Like, I'm going to play it. I'll play it back to you. Play this. I'll play it back to you. Nothing amazing. It's just those parts of the show seemed tired to me. Okay. Yeah. And like for the drum solo, that's when I'm like, come on, we're going to take a bathroom break Mm. and I'll take you to the merch to get you whatever you want. Yeah. Because the line was so long when we first got there. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. But like, I know where the drum solo happens. They do 100,000 years or at least part of it. And then there's the bass solo, which we want to get back to so we can see him spit the blood. So we go up, hit the bathroom, and then we go out. She doesn't want a shirt. She just wants the poster because Kiss 50, I guess it's happening. I mean, the first album came out in 74, early 74. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So, so the band's been around for 50 years. So they had this cool embossed poster. And we got the last one. Ooh, very nice. At least that the last one at that stand. But still, yeah. I, I you know I don't know how many stands I was going to run around to if they didn't have any. I wasn't going to go more than two. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So they had it. It's like last one. I'm like, sweet, that's awesome. I did notice they did have some Amber Wild shirts in there. Plenty of them, from what I could see. <laughs> and they did sell out of some T-shirts. But what was interesting is they had like drum heads that were signed by Eric. Okay. And then they had like these mini guitars, like the ones that I have, the Beatles and stuff like mm. that. They had some Les Pauls that Tommy Thayer had signed. It was only like a hundred bucks. And I thought about getting one. And I'm like, no, don't do that, dude. You're not that big of a Tommy. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Tommy. And honestly, he seems like the best dude of the bunch. Like, who would you like to sit down and have dinner and have a conversation with? Well, obviously you'd say Paul or Gene because they have all the stories you want to hear. But like as a human being, I think Tommy would be the most chill yeah. and cool and like human of them all. But no, I didn't. I didn't like. I, I don't want it. I don't want it that bad. And well, if you I just, see, and, and you figure too with Tommy, he could. T- he was there when you know they were doing the the original reunion tour and mm-hmm. behind the scenes. So yeah, that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, no, he, he'd be great to hang out with. I feel like he's he's pretty articulate. He's pretty chill. He did have a career in his own right. Not a huge one, but, you know, before he got to kiss Black and Blue. and You want to talk about Black and Blue? Not really. <laughs> I, I think Black and Blue are still going without him. I believe they are, yes. In yeah. some form or another, yes. Yeah, I think they're on maybe that rock cruise that, that Sonny's going on in the spring. Way down at the bottom. Yeah, like way, like way down at the bottom. <laughs> Uh, you know, and then look, I, you know, I love it when they play Deuce. Heaven's on Fire is great because they blow all that stuff up, you know, lick it up, whatever. You know, I even like Psycho Circus. I know a lot of people are like, that's not Kiss. They were done. At that's, that point. that's not a, that's not a bad song. I think it's a cool song. I think it's yeah. cool that they do it live, honestly. But like, say yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just say no. Yeah. Because <laughs> especially in the chorus, it was like, say yeah. And then like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this song sucks. You know, I mean, I, I know, I mean, on the record, it might sound better because there's more energy on it. But now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is this is bad, you know, but whatever, whatever. Cold Gin, I kind of liked, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, of course, love Love Gun, but and, and she likes it. But she she was there for I was made for loving you. Really, what was cool was too, I, and I got some video. I'll probably put a little bit of it out on social media. They had some serious lasers at a couple of points. Okay, that uh, really kind of made a like a spider web or a mesh of the stage. There were so many of them. Like, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm not so sure they did that the last time I saw them. So they've evolved it a little bit. They've improved some stuff on it. 
I give him credit for trying to keep it fresh. I mean, you know, without without making the uh, the the set list actually fresh, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, they they mixed in a few things. I mean, they do have a few songs that they can mix in. You know, like they did "Do You Love Me" mm-hmm. between Beth and "Rock and Roll All Night." You know, obviously when they're in London, they do crazy, crazy nights. When I saw them, however many years ago, they did Do You Love Me, you know. So getting that making love in there was was actually pretty cool because, I mean, they they, they didn't do that before. And, you know, I, I was happy to see it. Uh, but okay. other, otherwise, it's they did Let Me Go Rock and Roll back when uh, when I first saw them on this tour in March of 2019. But then they... Um, I mean, I think they, they kind of stopped after that. So not so. how far did you make it into the show? So we got it. We got all the way to Black Diamond, mm-hmm. which, which I love. I'm like, I want to see Black Diamond. Yeah. So it's like Paul goes out on stage, the B stage. They do Love Gun. He does some crowd work. He does a little guitar bit. Does I Was Made For Loving You. And then they start Black Diamond. He flies back and they go into it. And I like Black Diamond. So I'm like, okay, we're going to stay for some of this. But then I'm like, I just turn to her. I say, honey, are you ready to go? She said, yes. And I'm like, okay, then let's go. Yep. Yeah. We grab our our poster. We walk up before Black Diamond's over. Because I've seen Peter do Beth. I don't really need to see Eric do Beth. I'm I'm not 100% sure he's even playing that piano. There's a fairly good chance he wasn't. Because Peter remember, never did when when I when yeah, we saw no, him on the yeah, reunion, he would, right? He would, yeah, he would just go and, and sit in the, at the stage or go to the front of the stage. But I remember thinking to myself, that's a really weird angle on that piano. Like they have it, they have it positioned, and usually, like if it's like that, they'll show a they'll show a video shot of you know the hands playing. But there was never any part of that. Like I don't think he's even playing that piano. He's just sitting there. Probably not. And and though while she would like to see rock and roll all night i'm like look honey here's what's gonna happen that's the bitter end that's the that's so much at the end and yes everything blows up but i'll tell you what once they have a dvd of this tour i'll get it for you Mm -hmm. and you can watch it that way yeah not to mention i can go and show her on youtube or on any of the shows they released like when they did live in las vegas at the strip or the joint or whatever you see it there it's the same thing Right. Right. So we, we got to get out of here. We got an hour and a half drive in the dark. Let, let's go. And she was ready to go. Now, okay. she was psyched to see it. She had a good time. But uh, but yeah, I was like, that's it for me. I'm, I'm selling the tickets. I'm not telling you right now. I'm <laughs> selling the tickets to Indy. Because she said, and if we're here for Thanksgiving, will we go? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, honey. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm Because you figure, you got to figure that will be exactly the same. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then that's another hour and change drive. Yes. So, so um, mission accomplished. She saw the show. She had a great time. Got the poster all set. Yep. That's the way I look at it. You know, she's psyched. She's like, thank you, daddy. I had a great time with you. I'm like, that's all I really wanted. I wanted you to see it. I w- and, and, and remember it. I mean, she probably yeah. wouldn't have remembered it that well from when she was four, but she will remember this. She mm-hmm. will absolutely remember this. And, and that's, you know, that's that's if you're making memories, that's what it's all about. So, look, I, I was psyched to do it one more time, but that's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. Never again. Now you can officially say you are done. I am totally done. I'm totally done. I can't wait to hear how it goes in Madison Square Garden for the last two shows. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they like and what they rip. But basically, my take was if you don't have a good time at a Kiss concert, it's your own fault. 
because it is fun. It is entertainment. It's mm. a spectacle. There's all sorts of things to see. It's it's different for me just because I know the material so well. I listen to Shout Out Loudcast every week. <sighs> So I know everything that happens in these shows. I know it's so it's easy to make fun of Paul with his crowd work, but it's 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 an there's a reason they were around 50 years. It's because yeah. they give a hell of a show. And I would say even though that you know you can complain about the set list, you can complain about the the Paul's voice. I don't think you can complain about the showmanship and I don't think you can complain about the enthusiasm. They're still they still appear to be psyched to be there and to play in front of people yeah absolutely even gene who's he's a little he's a little bit chunky i feel like these days and he's he's carrying on a lot of stuff and you can kind of see his face is a little fat and Mm -hmm. he might sweat a little bit more than the other guys because he's breathing fire and spitting blood and all that kind of stuff but he still enjoys it of course he's probably Mm -hmm. saying Mm, 1.2 million more dollars tonight mm. but, but, but he doesn't need the money though that's the thing like if he just if he said we're but done, he still wants it yeah well <laughs> but at least he's happy to be there or so it seems so that that's my big thing is i can't stand it when people are just going through the motions like yeah you want you know you still want to see this and i still want to make money so whatever yeah. they at least appear to still want to do this I mean, look, for a guy who's never doesn't drink, like doesn't drink at all ever, never done drugs ever. Mm-hmm. And I know he likes the shixes. He likes to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to get laid. But at that age, it can't be the same with the girls anymore. I mean, it, it just can't. I'm sure he still gets what he wants, but I mean, it, it can't be the same desire anymore. The desire to have that love of the fans is mm-hmm. what drives him is to to be out there and have people cheering for him and right right and it's it's probably still an ego thing too that we can still i mean was it sold out pretty much yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean i think they said it was like 9500 people so because it's not a huge arena mm-hmm. and you've got to take up a third of it to get all that stuff in there you know yeah. so it's it's not massive and they will do a lot of half shows in that arena like i saw velvet revolver in there and they basically put the stage at the 50-yard line or the half-court line or whatever. Okay. And then, so, you know, so you couldn't put 10,000 there for that. Like, it's maybe 5,000 for something like that. But that's still a pretty big gig. And, you know, I, I've seen some other bands. I saw Heaven in Hell with Ronnie James Dio there. I've seen Red Hot Chili Peppers there. And I think Bruno Mars even opened for them, which was cool. But, yeah, I mean, you don't get the whole place. But, look, it was fun. It was fine. It's over. Okay. <laughs> It's over. Well, I'm glad she got to go because I know you know you had the tickets in Amsterdam. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I know you weren't super psyched about the Thanksgiving deal just because of the timing. So I'm glad this worked out. You got it done, box checked, and now you can go ahead and sell those other tickets and move on. Yeah, and then if anyone can find me like one of those McFarlane action figures of the Star Child, let me know because I got to get her one for Christmas. I I bought them all when when I was in business school. And then I bought her one before we moved, but I think it got like the movers were really aggressive about packing and it had all these little pieces. And I think what happened was it was so light. We probably thought, oh, this is just paper, Uh packing paper. And it ended up getting thrown out because like I got pieces of it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We must have (laughs) thrown that away. And now they don't make them anymore. 
obviously with kiss crazies they're collector's items mm. and i saw someone's like well i'll sell you all four for two hundred dollars i'm like are you nuts i paid like 12.99 for these like 25 years ago like i'll pay you something for it but uh but i i gotta find one somewhere so that's that's my goal for christmas That did it for me, guys. That was my last Kiss show ever. But like I said, it wasn't for me. It wasn't about me. It's about the Wolf Cub having the opportunity as a child who was fascinated with Kiss and rock music and music in general to see this amazing production that is a Kiss concert at an age where she can remember and appreciate it and participate in it and have fun. Yes, she went to a couple when she was younger, but I think at nine years old, this one will sink in. Now, we don't have to run off anywhere for Thanksgiving, and I can say I was right about not wanting to go see them when I said I was never going to go see them again years ago. But then you have children, and children shaved your lives in so many ways, folks. If you haven't had the pleasure of having one, I suggest it. But make sure you get your rock and rolling out of the way first, because I'm glad I went out and saw the shows I did see before I had kids, because it is a lot harder now, and it's a lot harder to take those road trips up to Cincinnati, which I used to do when I was a kid. Teenager wouldn't think twice about it. Now it's like, ugh, uh, do we have to do this one more time? And if you're a Big Kiss fan, hey, if you haven't seen them by now, well, that's your fault because they've toured a lot. If you're there to relive some old memories and just have a good time, then I say go. Go check them out here. End of the road. It winds up in December in Madison Square Garden. And be sure you listen to the Shout It Out Loud cast, guys, because they're going to be there and the reviews after those shows are going to be big. Glad we got to experience it together. It's a father and a daughter. And I'm glad they're hanging it up because it's time. It's time. And they can still do other things as Kiss, but these big bombastic road shows, they did it better than anyone else. Let's go out on a high note, or as high as it can be. But I'll be curious to see what happens in December in Madison Square Garden. All right, guys, we need to know, do we get something right? Do we get something wrong? Do we miss the point? Do we leave out your favorite part? You let us know. You email us. It's UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com. Let us know the bands, the albums, the concerts, the DVDs, the books, the rock and roll properties you want to hear us talk about on the show. And be sure to go visit rarevinyl.com, guys. Use the code UGLY. I know the holidays are coming up. Use UGLY. You get 10% off everything. So go buy everything you need as far as records and LPs and hard-to-find stuff goes. Buy it at rarevinyl.com. Get it shipped to you. Save yourself a big, fat 10%. Thanks to Pantheon Podcast for making us part of the family. Check them out at pantheonpodcast.com. And thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We never would have made it to 150 episodes without the listeners. So please, if you're thinking about it, besides downloading, subscribing, wherever you get your podcast, please give us a positive review. If you're thinking about it, wherever you might get your podcast, give us a positive review. It just helps us find more rock and rollers like you. So until next time, to all you rock and rollers all around the world, be cool and keep doing what you do to keep rock alive. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 